With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the British Ice Hockey Podcast. Available every week on Audio Boom, the iTunes Store and from britishicehockey.co.uk. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. Coming up on this week's show, we're going to be looking back at the midweek action in the Challenge Cup as we're going to be joined by Andrew Lord, head coach of the Cardiff Devils. We're also going to be talking about that new ice rink in Leeds, talking about the title race up at the top of the National Division of the NIHL with Swindon Wildcats GM Steve Nell. And we're going to be continuing our look at the North Cup final as we're going to be joined by Tony Han from the Murrayfield Racers. And we're going to be talking about the South Cup with the Invicta Dynamos. All of that and loads more on this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. So hello everybody and welcome to this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. Loads and loads and loads of interviews coming up on this week's show. Later, as we said, we're going to be talking the NIHL as we're going to be joined by Steve Nell from the Swindon Wildcats. We're also going to be joined by journalists from the Yorkshire Evening Post, Phil Harrison, to talk about the Leeds Chiefs homecoming game on Friday night against the Sheffield Steel Dogs. We're going to be talking the South Cup as well, as we're going to be joined by Anthony Leone, player head coach at the Invicta Dynamos. And Tony Hand from the Morrifield Racers will be coming on the show as well later to talk about the North Cup final. And obviously, we're going to be talking about that thrilling game midweek between Nottingham and Cardiff, as we'll be joined by Cardiff Devils head coach Andrew Lord. But before all of that, there's only one place we can start, and that's to defenseman Zach Sullivan, who this week opened up about what he called the most momentous week of his life as the 25-year-old revealed on social media post his match on Sunday that he had come out as bisexual, coinciding with the Elite League's first ever Pride weekend. And for more on this, Craig Anderson from BritishIceHockey.co.uk caught up with the man himself earlier in the week. Here's Zach Sullivan. Yeah, well, it's uh, probably the most momentous weekend of my life. Basically, I decided during the week that I was in a place that I was comfortable enough to to kind of put my message out there and um, anyone that knows me knows that I'm not a fan of the spotlight. I'm not a fan of of being the centre of attention and, uh, you know, but the intention of this was never to gain any fame or any kind of attention out of this. It was it was simply just if, you know, I, I've been in this situation, I've been battling with this for, for nine years almost and, you know, if, if me doing this now and helps, you know, anyone that's going through the same issue and helps them on their journey, then then I've used my platform to do something good. And that's, I think, what, what people should strive to do. Now, you, you made the announcement on Sunday morning. You, you tweeted out, you came out that you're, you're bisexual. And as you just said, you've battled with this internally for, for a number of years. What have you made of the reaction since you, you, you posted what you did? Oh, the, the reaction has been, uh, it's, it's just been overwhelming. It's been so positive. And before I did it, I was kind of, I sat with my roommates and I was kind of like, I don't know how this is going to go. It could go horribly wrong. It could go really well or it could just be completely ignored. And obviously, I think the best thing has happened for, for the sport. Um, I think it's really been t- taken off and I think everyone's kind of got on board and and 
taken the message which I which I try to get out there, which is you know it, it doesn't matter who you are or or who you like. It's absolutely acceptable to be who you are and still do the do the stuff you love. Was it your intention to always post throughout this weekend, or was it something that came perhaps a little bit more spontaneously <laughs> the more you thought about it? I spoke to uh, well, my my teammates have like like Finna said in his interview, like my teammates and obviously Finna and and Mikey Mo have known for probably a couple months now, which was when I kind of admitted to myself. And uh, I spoke to my best friend Josh and and Craig in in Glasgow, and I kind of said, you know, I I'm, I think I'm going to tweet about this. It's there's never going to be a better time to say it. There's ne- never going to be a a better opportunity to make a lasting impact. And uh, yeah, so I basically decided on on Wednesday. I was kind of like, I'm going to do this. Haven't really slept since, um, but uh, you know, they they both really helped me with with the wording and and how to say it and how to get the message across. And uh, hopefully, it's help people that are in the same situation or the same going on the same journey. And you know, sometimes all you need to know is that that you're not the only person going through something to to make yourself feel better. We see it across all sports where, you know, the, the law of averages, that there's got to be sportsmen and women out there that, that aren't comfortable enough to, to do what you did over over the course of the weekend. How much do you hope that, that people are looking at that and going, you know, maybe I can do that as well? Yeah, I mean, it's it was never that intention. It was never an intention to, to call out other people. It was, this is a journey that everyone has to take at their own pace. And, you know, so, some people... Are never in the position where they're comfortable enough and that's absolutely fine it's not you know you, you've got to take things at your own pace and, and decide when you're ready to do things and it's not a case of it's not a case of i want everyone else to do it it's, it's just a case of if i've done it then maybe the next person who's thinking about doing it will go oh well someone else has done it so hopefully it won't be too bad now as i speak to you you've been doing the rounds in the media circuit um you know bbc itv i mean that's, that's quite a world away from what you're used to i expect yeah, for like like I said, anyone that knows me, it's uh, it's a living walking nightmare for me. So, you know, I, I struggle with. I used to struggle with thirty second interviews for the clan when I first went there. So I remember it well. Not, yeah, not sure, <laughs> not sure how I'll quite cope with today. But uh, one of my roommates came with me for kind of moral support and you know take my mind off things if I needed needed uh, needed to chat to someone about something other than what was going on. And I I felt like it was it would have been irresponsible for me to 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 do what I'd done and and not be a vocal advocate for it as well. So I was, I didn't know it was coming, but I kind of had a feeling it was coming. And I think it's part of my role now that, that I have to kind of step up to the to the plate and, and answer the questions, which pe- some people are scared to answer. And finally, what have you made of the weekend as a whole, taking aside your own story from from the weekend? And what have you made of the weekend, the build-up to it, the, the coverage it got? And latterly, where we are now in the aftermath of it, where I think it's been generally received as a as a hugely positive thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, you know I, I've said multiple times today already that the elite league is a league that's actively taking strides to to prove that you know this league doesn't it doesn't discriminate regardless of who you are. You know, if if you want to come watch hockey, come watch hockey. If you want to come play hockey, come play hockey. And, and it doesn't matter who you are or what you believe in or who you like or who you don't like. And it's I think the the steps the elite league have made are, are steps that that all all sporting leagues around the world can take an example from and, and do the same in their own sports. Manchester Storm defenseman Zach Sullivan there speaking to Craig Anderson earlier in the week. And uh, speaking of Craig Anderson, uh, on Wednesday night I caught up with Craig to discuss all the results from Pride Weekend as well as to discuss the NIHL. And crucially, it was recorded straight after that thrilling game between the Nottingham Panthers and the Cardiff Devils. Uh, so let's welcome Craig back to the show now. Uh, well, Craig, a big thank you for joining us. And uh, we're recording this bit of the show, the latest we've ever recorded a show. It's Wednesday night. It's just gone 10 p.m., dear listener at home. We're going the extra mile this week just for you. And uh, that's because of the Challenge Cup, uh, the second legs of the semi final. Firstly, what a game we've just witnessed on on Free Sports tonight. Nottingham Panthers three, Cardiff Devils four. What what a third period that was, Craig. Absolutely superb, and you know a great advert for the the elite league. Never mind the the Challenge Cup. You know a Cardiff Devils team who were three one down. You know to me the Panthers looked like the better team 
and then all of a sudden they get one goal and momentum swings dramatically in the favour of the Devils and they, they duly take advantage and, and win 4-3. Again, you know, the, the sign of a, a Cardiff team who we've seen in recent years have been have been so good, so consistent and that's why they're in their fifth Challenge Cup final in six years. Great achievement. Such, such a great evening's worth of entertainment and uh, uh, Sheffield Steelers obviously going through as well uh, so it's Cardiff against the Steelers in the final. No real surprise there I suppose uh, from a from a clan perspective though in, in that second leg to have a shutout like that I mean there's not much can be said really for that. I mean Steelers in, in control of this one from, from the first game really haven't they? Yeah they have you know a 5-1 first leg win you know it was always going to be difficult for the clan to, to try and turn that around especially when you consider that they continue to be short on bodies there's still guys injured although that being said they did welcome back Patrick Colleen the netminder and uh, Craig Moore back into action so I suppose that's a positive to take from the clan there's a couple of bodies back on the ice rather than in the treatment room but no in terms of the, the game itself uh, another example of just how well the Steelers are going right now they're in a great great run of form and you know for Aaron Fox to, to lead the Steelers to a cup final in his uh, first season is absolutely fantastic and I'll be curious to know what, what he thinks of uh, who his final opponents are going to be I dare say he'll catch up with that game in due course but certainly a day out in Cardiff for the Sheffield fans something to look forward to It was a, a good weekend for, for both Sheffield and, and Cardiff really firstly the Steelers obviously uh, stayed uh, top of the table a 4-2 win over the Storm back in the Elite Ice Hockey League on Saturday uh, and a phenomenal game we speak about uh, you know the entertainment tonight between Nottingham and, and Cardiff in the Challenge Cup but the, the league game between Coventry and Sheffield on Sunday what entertainment that was 6-5 uh, on overtime and uh, well, that, that equaliser they got right right at their death, that was superb stuff, wasn't it, by the Steelers? And uh, so much great determination from them as, at the moment. And again, they're a team that are finding ways to win, no matter what the situation is. You know, the the, you know, the, the Blaze were 5-3 ahead, going into the last five minutes, and Marek Tronsinski pulls one back in the power play. Lucas Sandstrom with that equaliser. You know, to take the game into overtime, and Nikolai Lemchukov. If you've not seen this goal, my goodness, um, an absolutely fantastic piece of skill from the Russian, uh, bringing it out from his own zone. Great piece of skill in the middle, and then does enough to to get it past the uh, Coventry goalie CJ Mott and, and earn the victory. The sort of goal that's worthy of winning any game, really. Um, so again, you know, that's just a, a real measure of the team right now that the, the Steelers have got that in that situation that they come they come from a two goal deficit with five minutes to go and go on and take the victory and just keep that league going at the top of the table and and keep Cardiff at uh, arm's length. Yeah, the arm's length at the moment is measured by seven points. Uh, Cardiff Devils do have uh, four games in hand, obviously, but uh, we get to that stage of the season where um, it's a bit of a cliche, but we have our points on the board or games in hand. You've got to fit those games in at some point. Haven't you? So it's uh, you, it, as as the the months tick, the weeks tick by. You'd you, I think you'd rather have the points on the board. But Cardiff had a a good weekend as well. Just gone on Saturday, beating the Five Flyers by five goals to two in Scotland, and then uh, beating the Nottingham Panthers by four goals to two. Uh, it does feel a bit like a knockout blow that one for the Panthers, given uh, how things are starting to stretch out a bit uh, up at the top end. Yeah, definitely. And you know, when you look back at you know how well they've done in the last few months. Uh, had that really rocky kind of start to the season. They made a, two or three changes to their team, changes which made a, a huge deal of improvement for them, which got them into the, the Continental Cup final. They, they went so close in that. They are still fourth place, although, you know, four points behind Belfast, two games in hand right enough, so they're, they're not too far off the, the, the top three at the moment. But they would have liked to have got a victory over Cardiff, um, you know, especially away from home. And it would have, I think, certainly helped with the, the psychological edge um, going into the Challenge Cup semi-final there that we were speaking about at the beginning. But not to be for them, you know, there's still lots to, to do for the Panthers. Still lots to be positive about, but, you know, they'll be disappointed in losing those last two games. Well, last three games, actually, when mm. you include the, the Guilford game on Saturday as well. But they'll bounce back soon. And I think they've got enough about them to, to keep that push going. Uh, the pressure was equally added, not just by Cardiff and Sheffield, obviously, with a four-point weekend, but Belfast had a four-point weekend too, and uh, they had a, a good result over the Glasgow clan on Saturday by five goals to two, and uh, then followed that up, uh, travelling south to Guildford and beating them by five goals to two in Surrey. So uh, quite a weekend for Adam Keefe's side. Yeah, you know, and again, keeps them involved in, in things as well, and you know, that victory on, on Saturday against the Glasgow clan, 
um, a, a very good one from their point of view. But it's just the way it's gone with the Glasgow clan this year. You know, I think a lot of teams are looking at them and going, mm, OK, we can maybe take points off them. And Belfast certainly did that on Saturday. Five different goal scorers, a variety of different uh, assists as well. So a relatively comfortable one for them. And then going to Guildford on Sunday. Bear in mind, the last time they were at Guildford, they lost 4-1. Granted, two of those Guildford goals late on were, uh, were uh, empty net goals. So more of a 2-1 game, a lot, cl- a lot closer. Um, but this time, Belfast coming good. A 5-2 victory on the road in a tough venue like the Spectrum. Uh, it should be noted that Kieran Long finally got a league goal that's taken him all season. Quite incredible when you think that he was the, the league's um, top British scorer in the league last year when he was with Manchester Storm. bit more barren spell this year for, for Kieran, but he'll have been delighted with that one. Uh, that, that's certainly one of what he'll be looking forward to. But no, the, the Giants are still not quite out of it yet. You know, It's just the way that the league is right now. Steelers are a little bit ahead. Cardiff right behind them. Belfast still very much in the mix as well. And it all comes down to the team who's in the right, the right vein of form. And right now, Steelers, and rightly so, when you look at where they are at the top of the table. Cardiff and Belfast, we've talked about them before, where just when we think they're starting to pick up a head of steam, that they suffer a setback in it, and it hits them back a little bit. Well, both sides got four-point weekends, and that still uh, keeps that title race very much interesting. So that's the title race up at the top. Uh, let's talk about uh, the bottom end of the table. And we've already touched upon Fife's result against Cardiff Devils on Saturday. What we didn't really tell you is that that Cardiff, uh, it, it was 2 all, wasn't it? After 24 minutes, Fife got uh, two goals back. So a bit of steel there, but then obviously Cardiff scoring three goals to, to seal all the points. Uh, it was a kind of similar story on, on Sunday at Glasgow, wasn't it, for Five Flyers? They take the lead, uh, the Five Flyers, in that game. And then Glasgow, it's it's 3-1. And then there's a consolidation goal right towards the end uh, with, with four minutes left. There's There's been flickers there from Five, hasn't there? But it's, it's just not quite enough at, the, at this stage of the season, unfortunately, for them. No, and if you play back most of the interviews that Todd Dutiam has given in the last uh, couple of months, whenever he's had to do these interviews, post-game, um, there's one regular theme that, that occurs when you hear them talk, and that is they just can't put the effort in for 60 minutes. Mm. Um, you know, they, they do well in flashes, they do well in periods, but for a full 60 minutes, they, they tend to they struggle, and that, that, that just typifies their season, really, the fact that they can go ahead, they can you know go toe-to-toe with, with, with some of the other teams in the league, but in the fullness of the, the full hour of play, they just can't match them, and that seems to be their downfall this year. And again, you know, Todd is, is still looking for a bit of support from the management about bringing in a body or two to freshen things up. That uh, trade deadline's coming up very, very soon. You know, if he doesn't get anybody in soon, that could be a problem. The, the season could flicker away for them. But, you know, a body or two might just make a, a difference. Another couple of options, and that could, make, uh, that could make a hell of a difference for them. We'll have to wait and see with Fife, but the position they're in right now, you know, that they're seven points away from the playoff places right now. And, you know, you're looking at them winning, what, four or five games in a row to, to really get up there. They've not done, not done that all season. That's a tall order. But if they can get the body they need, that the body or two they need that can freshen things up a little bit, you just don't know. And again, it depends on what sort of form Dundee and Manchester um, go on as well as we head into the last couple of months of the season. Well, it wasn't a too shabby weekend uh, for Dundee and uh, for Manchester. Obviously, the two went head-to-head uh, on Sunday. But uh, before that, Dundee Stars did beat the Glasgow clan on Friday by six goals to three, which is a, a phenomenal result. Obviously, the Storm did get beat by the Sheffield Steelers on Saturday. But obviously, the two went head-to-head, Storm against the Stars on Sunday. And the Manchester Storm won by three goals to to nil. The gap between the uh, Manchester and Dundee, two points. Uh, the Storm do have two games in hand. Uh, incidentally, that win for Glasgow against five means that the gap between Glasgow and Dundee is four points, which is also quite handy at this stage of the season, I've got to suggest. It is starting to get a bit tense, isn't it? Between those three, yeah, it certainly is. And you know, the bottom four, you know, let's not discount five completely. There's still games they can get themselves involved, but the bottom line is, you know, four teams doesn't go into to two if you're talking about those those last two playoff places. Um, but you know, Glasgow losing and Dundee on Friday really dragged them uh, into the sort of playoff battle towards the bottom of the table. There, um, they were always kind of teetering on the brink, and that that result against Dundee certainly dragged them back in. Great result for Dundee. I watched the game. Terrific performance from them. Just what they needed. Really dangerous going forward, putting their, their, their efforts away. Where Clan have struggled has been in the power play. Um, for some reason, when they've got a man advantage, they just can't do anything with it. That being said, Craig Peacock did score a power play goal. Um, but if you look at their overall record in recent games, power play just hasn't been clicking for the Clan at all. Um, I seem to recall when I, I did my research for the game, 
game on Sunday from a, a commentary stand. I think Clan had the, the worst power play, if memory serves me correctly. Certainly one of the worst, if not the worst. Um, so again, that just gives you an idea of, of the sort of areas they're struggling in right now. But don't no Dundee, a, a good side on their night that they've proved it time and again, um, especially against the Glasgow clan. I think they've won four out of seven against the clan this season. So a tough game. They've, they've got scorers in there. Kevin Defour was excellent for the Dundee Stars on on Friday night. Uh, Matt Carter, you know, he's proven to be a, a real difference maker for the Stars since he came into the team. Also, um, he got a goal and an assist. Matt Markart as well. He got three assists on the night. Another big, big player for the Dundee Stars. And I don't mean just uh, just in terms of his uh, his presence in the team, his height as well. When I interviewed him last week in Glasgow in that press conference, big, big lad. But uh, Great for Dundee, you know, and it just keeps things very interesting. And the fact that, you know, they, they go to Manchester on Sunday and lose and the way they did the 3-0 shutout loss as well just shows you just how open and tight that uh, that area of the table is. And I think it's going to be like that from here on in. Yes, absolutely. Well, matches uh, this weekend and uh, there's some sizable games, uh, that's for sure. Uh, let's talk about, uh, obviously, let's st- stick with down the bottom end because there's some interesting games there. Manchester Storm hosting Guildford on Saturday. Uh, the Storm then travel uh, to the Midlands on Sunday to take on the Coventry Blaze. Uh, so uh, a big weekend there for, for Storm against two teams in, in mid-table land at the moment. Uh, for Glasgow... Glasgow got a huge game on Saturday, hosting the Dundee Stars. More on that in a second. Those two, that's their only game this weekend, so it's it's huge, isn't it? Uh, Five Flyers, incidentally, they'll be hosting the Coventry Blaze on Saturday, and then they'll be travelling to the Nottingham Panthers. Uh, just while we're talking about Fife as well, uh, congratulations um, to Carlo Finucci, becoming Fife's all-time leading point scorer in, in the Elite League. Um, where should we start with these matches then, uh, involving teams chasing the playoffs? I mean, Glasgow against Dundee is huge on Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's I think that's even more highlighted by the fact that both teams don't play on Sunday. So both these sides will really throw everything into this game on Saturday, throw everything at it, and in, in the hope that whoever comes out on top um, will get a significant advantage. Advantage, I have to say, for the clan victory for them would take them six points away from Dundee. Dundee, bear in mind, they're in the, the wrong end of that that, um, that that black line that separates the, the playoff places. So that could be huge for the clan if they can get victory there. I, I think off the top of my head, clan play Manchester soon as well. I think that might be coming up next week. I, I dare say we'll touch on that next, next week. Saturday, yes. So, so it, it's you know a big couple of weeks for the Glasgow clan in terms of getting themselves away from that kind of dangerous playoff area where they kind of find themselves in. I think that's that's really one to watch. That one, along with uh, Belfast and Cardiff on Saturday. Mm. Um, I, I dare say we're going to take us up the table with that one, Ben. Sorry, I'm just taking over here. Second versus third. You know who's going to try and uh, try and close that gap on the, the Sheffield Steelers. Um, so I think those two games are, are really two we should really keep an eye on this weekend in terms of what's happening at, at both ends of the table. Yeah, like you said, Glasgow clan hosting the Manchester Storm Saturday, the 8th of February, that one. Mm. The same weekend, incidentally, Manchester will be hosting Fife on the on the Sunday. So, wow. Uh, <laughs> well, the fixture gods, eh? They don't have player blinders sometimes. Uh, and uh, speaking <laughs> of which, uh, Saturday, this weekend's game's up at the top end of the table. We've got, uh, on Saturday, Belfast Giants hosting the Cardiff Devils, Sheffield hosting Nottingham. All on the same night. Blimey, great stuff. Mm. And like you say, on Sunday, uh, Belfast Giants will be hosting the Cardiff Devils, uh, whilst the league leaders, uh, Sheffield, travel to Guildford. That Saturday night there is is superb, isn't it? That double header. Yeah, it will be. Um, you know, and it's it's just that there's no games at the moment that you you wouldn't say are, are you know there's, there's something quite quite heavy riding on it that's just the, the way things are at the moment when you, you look at these fixtures every week and I find that more and more you know the more we speak Ben every with every week through the season that you know the games are getting bigger and bigger for whatever reason there seems to be a little bit more at stake with every week that goes on and I think that's just uh, one example of it Now uh, just before we move away from the Elite League and on to uh, the National Division of the NIHL just a, a quick mention we started the show with your interview that you did with uh, Zach Sullivan and uh, all around the Pride Weekend and that kind of thing that that was a phenomenal success wasn't it not just for the elite league but for for ice hockey more generally it was it was a superb weekend just gone absolutely fantastic and it was great to be to be part of it and you know in my own way when you look around at the league and you, you saw it on television 
with the, the Dundee clan game that was on free sports, that the people going out with the, the rainbow colours on, with their flags, their face painted. I must admit, I had my face painted as well. Um, absolutely <laughs> Any fantastic. Pictures? Any pictures of that? I think there's some in social media. I think my wife <laughs> took a couple. Um, but it's, it's been absolutely fantastic. And it's, it's done the exposure for the, the Elite League um, no, no end of good um, to, 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 see, to, to see it in website pages, newspapers and things like that. Uh, you know, a great, great success. And well done, everybody at the Elite League for... For, for putting it together and, and you know seeing the success of it, I think Luke Fisher, um, who was with us last week, spoke about the, you know maybe doing it, you know making it a, a regular thing, an annual thing. I would be very surprised if they haven't got a date already penciled in for, for next year. The way it's looking on the, the back of the success of this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well played, everyone. Superb stuff uh, last weekend uh, across the Elite Ice Hockey League. Uh, it's now time to draw our eyes uh, one step below to the national division of the NIHL. And uh, what a weekend we've just had there, <laughs> especially up at the top. The gap now is four points. Um, Telford were victorious on Sunday, beating the Sheffield Steel Dogs by five goals to two. However, they were beaten by the Hull Pirates on Saturday by six goals to four. So what could the Wildcats do? They could win back-to-back games. That's what they could do. Firstly, on Saturday, beating the Sheffield Steel Dogs by seven goals to one and then beating the Leeds Chiefs after overtime, six goals to five. Um, so... I mean, we were saying that it was not done just yet, but it's it's got a lot closer now, hasn't it? It certainly has. I was quite interested to, to see these results come through at the weekend there. And, you know, both teams have now played the same number of games. Four points of a difference. I think they play each other coming soon as well. I had a quick scan at that earlier in the week, um, which is making this title race all the more interesting. There's still a little bit of distance between the top two and then Peterborough in third place, they're on they're on forty eight points, nicely nicely nestled. But they've played a couple of games more, um, which um, you know could could be interesting. But no, Swindon, all they had to do was keep winning that, and I think that's all they've got to do. They've got to keep winning um, every game in the hope that, that Telford slip up further. I think it was four games on the trot. Um, Telford had, had slipped up in, which put them in that rather precarious position, and it's fascinating. It really is fascinating. I think even you know people watching from afar, seeing mm-hmm. how this league's panning out, um, think this is absolutely incredible, and we're enjoying it. And funny enough, as we speak to you, um, as we record this, um, we've had the NIHL National Cup um, semi-final between the Tigers and Wildcats, and Tigers have won through eleven ten on aggregate. Really? So the Tigers maybe <laughs> maybe having a little bit of a psychological edge back in their favour as well. It's going to be a great few weeks as this league starts to to sort of tie things up a little bit. Um, and seeing those two at the top has really been a fascinating battle. Great victories for Swindon keeps them going. Telford, you know, any more slip-ups could really. And dragged them into a bit of a fight that they didn't think was possible a few weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. And one, one of the one of the joys of doing this show this season it has been putting the spotlight on this division because it has been it has been great, hasn't it? This this national division back back on the national stage, the way the way they're playing up and down the country. And uh, just to say, we are playing our part here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast. Both Peterborough and Hull, you might remember, were on the show last week. Both had four point weekends. You're welcome. Uh, right, so, uh, well, that's uh, nearly it for, for your bit of the show, Craig. Uh, but just before we go, just a quick mention for BritishIceHockey.co.uk. Uh, lots of great stuff on there over the last seven days or so, uh, including an article about the history of hockey pucks, which I found very fascinating. Yeah, uh, that was a, that was an interesting one to do, and uh, I'm glad everybody's enjoying that one uh, from what I've seen. <laughs> um, definitely worth checking out if you haven't read it yet. Fascinating reading. You know, I asked... I think I enjoyed it as much as you did, Ben. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Uh, what's coming up for, for you over the next few days or so? Are you looking, looking forward to the weekend? I certainly am, and uh, we'll be involved with Matt Hayward's testimonial at Glasgow Clan, uh, which is, the game itself is taking place on Tuesday. Um, there's a dinner coming up on Sunday, um, so I haven't worked with the clan uh, for a long time. It'll be nice to catch up with some of the old faces that, that played for the club before. Um, some of the guys are, are flying over, I think, the, towards the end of this week, so uh, some of them will be in attendance at the clan's game against Dundee on Saturday so it'll be nice to, to catch up with them and, and, and good for the fans I've been involved uh, with the, the sort of background stuff with media stuff um, helping Matt and I've been doing a lot of interviews for the, the clan podcast as well so um, it, it's going to be a good weekend and a good game when it comes on Tuesday and then it'll be it'll be full on for the towards the end of the season with Challenge Cup stuff and GB stuff from then on in so busy times coming up Craig Anderson there from BritishIceHockey.co.uk speaking to me on Wednesday evening, shortly after 
that uh, remarkable Challenge Cup game between the Nottingham Panthers and the Cardiff Devils. More on that in a second. Uh, but just to let you know what else is coming up on this week's show, we're going to be talking about the brand new ice rink in the city of Leeds, as we're going to be joined by Yorkshire Evening Post journalist Phil Harrison. We're also going to be talking about the top end of the national division of the NIHL, as the Swindon Wildcats' Steve Nell will be coming on the show. And we're going to be talking about uh, a couple of cup competitions. The North Cup, uh, we had the Whitley Warriors on last week. This week, we're going to be joined uh, by the welcome return of Tony Hand from the Murrayfield Racers. And we're going to begin our look at the South Cup as we're going to be talking to the Invicta Dynamos. But before all of that, there's only one place we can turn to next. And that is to that remarkable win for the Cardiff Devils on Wednesday night in the Challenge Cup. A remarkable, remarkable game. Um, congratulations to both Nottingham and Cardiff for serving that one up on, on live television. It, it was a fantastic spectacle. And uh, joining me now down the other end of the phone, we should be joined by the head coach at the victorious Cardiff Devils from Wednesday night. It's Andrew Lord. Well, Andrew, a big thank you for joining us. And, uh, well, uh, that, was, uh, that was a game of ice hockey right there. I mean, how, how, how's your stress levels? <laughs> Stress levels are fine right now. Uh, it was a very entertaining game. Um, I thought there was a little bit of everything. Uh, really liked how we uh, just kept going. We um, knew we were going to face some adversity, playing a very good Nottingham Panthers team, you know, on the road. And uh, we just kept coming. We just kept coming. And, uh, you know, we grew into that game. Our first two periods were uh, not our best, but uh, we hung in there. I thought we defended well for the most part. And, the third, uh, we uh, kind of really got going there for about an eight-minute stretch and um, essentially won the game with that. And go- going back to the first leg, there was there was similarities, wasn't there, to the to the first leg? In in uh, obviously, I know I know Nottingham got the equaliser in the end in that game, but the, you know the f- the third period was was your strongest period in that game as well. Yeah, it was. It's a, it's a good point. I think we came out better in the first leg at home. I thought our first period was very good. Uh, but then our second, uh, you know, we, we gave up a few there in succession and they had a couple goal lead. And I mean, uh, the third period at home, we, we had to have it. Uh, and we did. It was, uh, it was just a colossal period. And I think um, just reminded us all of, uh, you know, what we can do when we keep going and when we're playing as a team and, and what we're capable of. And you know, I'm not sure if we remembered that for last night, but uh, I think we've drawn on a lot of uh, years of experience as a as a core group here, and you know we have some uh, incredible leaders uh, on our team here, and they, they all uh, they all stepped up and got it done. We'll speak closer to the time because obviously the Challenge Cup finals in in early March. Uh, tickets are available now, I believe, as well. We should say on via the Elite Ice Hockey website. But um, if you you're taking on the Sheffield Steelers in the final. You've just beaten the Nottingham Panthers. You also beat Belfast in the quarterfinals. So uh, I think it's safe to say you deserve to be in the final, uh, given who you played so far. <laughs> We've had, we sure haven't made it easy on ourselves. We've um, Our round-robin challenge cup the last few years has been uh, up and down, to say the least. And, um, you know, we beat uh, two extremely good opponents here in the first uh, couple uh, elimination rounds. And then... Uh, you know, what can you say uh, about Sheffield? They have a tremendous team, unbelievable depth, uh, some real high offensive talent uh, throughout their lineup and, and a goalie that's playing very well right now. So it's going to be a great test. And uh, it's just just exciting to, to get back uh, in the final. We've been there a lot over the years. Last year was kind of not much fun having to see two other teams come into our building and play. And I know it was really important for everyone to, to get back to that this year. So excited for it. we got a little bit of a time off here before that happens. Uh, so we'll, we'll refocus on that when the time comes. Right now we're, we're focused on this weekend for Belfast. But, uh, yeah, really exciting. I think our fan base is pumped up and it uh, should make for a, a great event in a, in a month, month or so. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like you say, it is back to, to bread and butter, as, as we say up here in the north. Uh, and uh, Belfast Giants home and away this, this weekend. Uh, it was a great weekend last weekend in the league as well, a, a flawless weekend uh, for, for your side. So uh, the games are coming thick and fast. And, and this this doubleheader this weekend is, is pretty crucial considering how the title race is shaping up at the moment. Yeah, it seems like this, this Belfast doubleheader always... Um... You know, plays a big part in the title race. It's happened now a number of years in a row. Uh, I think we, we won it a few years ago there. And then, uh, you know, every year it seems like, uh, you know, it carries some weight towards the, you know, the league standings big time. And 
uh, it looks like this year will be no different. So two very tough games. We're focused on Saturday right now. Um, I mean, both teams know each other you know, well. They got a lot of speed. I think they uh, they compete very hard. They have good depth, and uh, you know it's going to be going to be a very tough weekend. We're going to have to go in there and uh, play to our strengths. Andrew Lord, their head coach of the Cardiff Devils, and will be, of course, returning to the Elite Ice Hockey League on next week's show. But it's now time to draw our eyes to the National Division of the NIHL. In a second, we're going to be hearing from Swindon Wildcats and Steve Nell about that uh, that that title race, which has got ever so slightly closer up at the top of the National Division. But before that, there's a big game taking place in the city of Leeds uh, on Friday night as the Leeds Chiefs will be welcoming the Sheffield Steel Dogs to their brand new ice rink at Ellen Road in the city of Leeds. And uh, for more on this, down the other end of the phone now from the Yorkshire Evening Post, we should be joined by reporter, it's Phil Harrison. Uh, well, Phil, a big thank you for joining us and uh, a big, momentous game on, on Friday. Uh, what, what's the mood like within the, the Leeds club heading into this important game and this historic occasion for the for the club? Yeah, well, like you say, it's, it's, it is historic. It's um, a massive moment for the... Well, not a massive moment for the City, not yet, because it's, it's not really taken off yet. But I've spoken to Sam Zajac uh, today, actually, and, um, and, he, and he says practice last night was... Um, I think the players, some of the players were probably almost a bit giddy. They're, they're understandably excited, um, given how long uh, it's been since um, uh, for them. They've had to wait, actually, to set foot uh, inside the rink and, and step out on the ice, which they, they obviously will do Friday against the uh, the Steel Dogs. And it's going to be, uh, I mean, the, the venue itself, I've seen pictures on, on Twitter mm. and that, but it looks fantastic. It does. I mean, it's all shiny and new, and you'll be able to see through the plexi quite clearly for the first few months I'm sure but you know give it given time it'll look like most other rinks around the uh, around the country but yeah you know it's it's great I mean it, it, there, is, there is a lot of excitement about it in the city generally I think just the fact that there's going to be a rink there I think there's going to be about 600 in the building uh, on, on Friday against the Steel Dogs but I think that um, you know the tickets went when they put tickets on sale I think about a month ago I mean the fact they went all, all went within 24 hours shows the uh, the massive potential that um, the owners obviously and obviously Sam uh, and the players themselves um, believe that the the the, uh, the sport can have in the city yes and obviously Leeds have been have been nomadic uh, during this time but uh, just still still managed to to cobble together 20 points which i think considering the <clears> standard <throat> of the division i think goes to show mm. you just how good Sam Zajac's performed this this season thus far as a as a nomadic player head coach essentially it is it's not been easy it's not been easy i think as people know players have left you know um partly because of the travelling involved i mean you know i've, I've not sat down yet and worked out how many miles that Leeds have probably done what it, well, it would take too long compared to their you know, NIHL national rivals, but it's 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 thousands and thousands of miles that they've covered, and and I think you know naturally it takes it takes its toll on on some players, and obviously some people left like Meadle left at Meadle, James Archer returned to Hull, uh, Ashley Calvert sort of came in for a few weeks and then and then left again. A few players left at the start of the season, but in the last sort of month or so, uh, probably going a bit further back if you want to sort of count when Lewis Houston came in. They're now getting something back to resembling a full roster. Uh, and I think you can see that they're running sort of settled lines, both forward and D. Uh, and that's shown in the results that they've had in the last, I know it's only three games, but there's three big games that they've had against Milton Keynes, Telford and Swindon, uh, from which they've taken five points. Um, now, whether they've got enough games left in order to close that gap on um, Raiders, who are obviously in the eighth and final playoff spot is is another matter i mean it's 10 points at the minute but there are 17 games left and they've got a couple of games in hand and they've got to play each other once more um so you never know obviously bracknell are in there it's, it's obviously a three-way fight for that eighth spot really because i think the seven teams above that look pretty comfortable and when it when it comes to the future then um obviously mm. the, the sky's the limit now really isn't it because uh, once you've got a venue you can start yeah. to do all kinds of stuff off the ice and develop can, commercial and that... community stuff so yeah, yeah, and I, and I think obviously I think probably the aim is just just to get through the season. You know, uh, um, tonight's game uh, they'll have uh, after tonight's they'll have eleven home games, but I think they want to extend that to at least fourteen home games by making the playoffs because obviously it's a group format this year. So I think it's just a case of getting through this season. Obviously, the 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 the, the skating side of it, the public skating side of it, and learning to skate will sort of take take hold in the next few weeks. Obviously, but that's a separate side of things. But I think just in terms of once they're in, they've got a base that they can call home. You know, it's it, it makes a it makes a big difference, and then they can start to think about building 
stuff off ice relationships you know not just with media but but um, sponsorship partners or potential sponsorship partners uh, and get out into the community more uh, and obviously get get more and more people down because I mean I think the aim is or the, the hoping that at some point before the end of the regular season uh, the other side of the rink will be open and, and then you're starting to look at potential for, for thousand strong crowds which you know can generate a lot of income and, and, and obviously there is a lot of interest already. Let's talk about your paper's coverage then of of this this match coming up, uh, a bit of a Yorkshire derby, as well as being you know this this debut of the the ice rink at Ellen Road. So yeah, uh, yeah. what what coverage is coming up over the weekend, and how could people uh, get get their hands on a copy of either online or in, in paper form? Tonight, tonight, well, early in the morning, uh, the stuff will be going online. There'll be a, a special interview with um, Sam Jajak. Uh, we're going to be speaking to Ben Morgan as well uh, from the Steel Dogs camp because obviously. It's a big night for them, and they're coming to it on the back of a three-game uh, losing streak. Uh, we've got a piece with Bobby Streetley, who, who of course is the the only sort of Leeds-born player. So it's a big night for him. He's out injured at the minute. It's not quite clear whether he'll be he'll be fit in time. But I think you'll find that um, even if he's not going to um, do uh, any kind of regular shift, that he'll probably dress and just just to be involved because it's a big night for him, especially him coming from Leeds. Uh, and we've just got a couple of other players in interviews as well. I've spoken to Sam Gospel earlier this week. Uh, I'm hoping to speak to Luke Boothroyd as well. So, I mean, there'll be like a page and a half of uh, stuff in the paper tomorrow, previewing the match on Friday. Uh, and then, obviously, there'll be a report on, on the Saturday as well. And then, uh, well, that's it then, because that's the only game they've got this weekend. Uh, and then it's, um, I think the next time they're in action is at home to Telford, which, again, you know, uh, I think the tickets are going to go on sale for uh, that in the next couple of days. Um, and hopefully they'll sell as quickly uh, as, as the first game did against um, Sheffield. Phil Harrison there from the Yorkshire Evening Post and you can follow Phil on Twitter. That's at P Harrison YPN. And uh, a big good luck to Leeds Chiefs tonight uh, in their opening game at the Ellen Road Ice Rink. Uh, but it's now time to look towards the top end of the NIHL. And as we were discussing earlier, the title race has got awfully tight up at the top end of the table. Swindon Wildcats closing the gap this past weekend to just four points. And uh, for more now on the Wildcats, down the other end of the phone, we should be joined by the welcome return of general manager at the club. It's Steve Nell. Uh, well, Steve, uh, a big thank you for joining us and uh, congratulations uh, for that four-point weekend just gone. Um, I mean, it's it's starting to get a bit closer again up at the top end of the table. So so what's the mood in the camp like at Swindon? Uh, positive. We're playing well. Uh, we obviously just had a, a loss to Telford in the uh, cup, but uh, you know it was a great couple of games and good luck to Telford. They, they played really well and deserved to win. But uh, yeah, everything's good, positive. We're we're playing well, and uh, it's just part of the season. It's like everybody knows we have ups and downs. That's every team and. Some people don't understand that, but it's just sport and the way it is. Uh, you're not going to win every game all the time, and uh, we're in a really good competitive league. Uh, you don't really know each night if you're going to. Nobody's guaranteed to win, so it's great. Now uh, you you touched upon that that um, the, the the cup match, the second leg uh, midweek against the Telford Tigers. Um, I mean, as it, as encounters go over the two legs, there's there's not too much separating the pair of you, is there? No, no. I mean, basically we played really well here and you know got the three goal lead they played really well there got the three goal lead and uh we went overtime got a penalty shots what more can you want from a as a competition and a, a spectacle for the fans obviously we want to win they want to win but the bottom line is uh two great games two great atmospheres you know the crowds were good Midweek crowds, good. Uh, yeah, you can't ask any more. You touched upon, um, you know, the, this this is a marathon, not a sprint kind of thing when it when it comes to the title race. I mean, this this competition more generally, and what Swindon and Telford and and the other teams as well have brought this season. I mean, it has been a phenomenal competition, hasn't it? It has, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, just last weekend or the weekend before, Leeds beat Telford. Uh, you know, so the bottom team beating the top team, and. Uh, you know, who would have expected it before that? And that's why you, you just can't go into any game. Uh, we went uh, overtime with Leeds last week and uh, Leeds being the bottom team, but they're never far away from the other teams. And, you know, they'll get stronger. They're, they're back at uh, home. Well, I think today they, they open up at home. So, yeah, they'll get stronger. And I think that they'll have an impact on, on where the title goes in the end because they're going to have to play teams and, I don't believe it's over, and uh, when I say that, I don't. I don't think it's just uh, Telford and Swindon. Uh, the other team's not that far behind, so 
if, you know, Bairdenstoke, Peterborough, Hull, if they have a run and a good run, then I think it'll be, it'll be very close at the end of the season. And uh, this this weekend, I mean, you've got. Uh, we'll we'll come to the home game shortly against against the Bratnell Bees on Saturday. Uh, but but on Sunday, it's a it's a tough game, like you say, Peterborough Phantoms uh, game of the weekend. I'm going to suggest uh, third hosting second. That's that's a huge game, isn't it? It is, yeah. And you know they're all huge at the minute, and uh, it's good. It's where we prefer to be. We we want games that are tough. We want competitive games, and the players will have to lift themselves and uh, step up, and and that gives. It gives for a great game, you know, and uh, I'm sure it will be. Uh, there are always good games between us. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to both games over the weekend. Uh, Bracknell will, will be a tough game as well. They, they always, you know, I mean, uh, they haven't been doing so well, but Bracknell are more than capable of coming up setting than us or, or anybody. Uh, and that's the thing about the league. Anybody can beat anybody on the day. So it's who turns up to play, really. That's the, the difference. And uh, in the last uh, two home games, you've uh, you've managed to score uh, fourteen goals. Um, so um, certainly get your money's worth at uh, at uh, at the Link Centre. Um, so so come one, come all. I think for Saturday's game against Bracknell. Yeah, I mean we've had uh, some good results and we've had great crowds. Uh, There's over thirteen hundred and fifty there last Saturday. Great crowd, great game, and you know it's. Uh, just what we're trying to do. We're just trying to increase the fan base and get more people interested watching hockey. I mean that's phenomenal, isn't it? I mean when when we when we go back to the start of the season, the conversations we're having about you know this this brand new national competition and that. I mean, we, I go back to what we said earlier in the interview. It's 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 such a cracking competition. I mean, uh, you, as as a GM, the other GMs in the competition, you must be blown away with how successful it's been, really. Yeah, you're really pleased, uh, and I'm sure everybody else is as well. You know, I mean, uh, you're not sure when you go into the league what it's going to be like, but uh, yeah, it's turned out really well. And I just hope it continues, and we we just uh, build on it really, and we strengthen year on year the the league and hopefully add some more teams as well to the league uh, to expand it in the future. Steve Nell there from the Swindon Wildcats speaking to us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast and will be, of course, returning to the National Division of the NIHL on next week's show. But from the National Division now to our look at the NIHL Cups, uh, later in the show, we're going to finish our look at the North Cup. As we've already heard from Whitley Warriors uh, last week, this week we're going to hear from Tony Hand from the Murrayfield Racers. Uh, But before that, it's to the South Cup, uh, Streatham will be taking on Invicta Dynamos in the middle of February in a two-legged final for the South Cup. Uh, next week's show, will be featuring an interview with Streatham. But this week, it's to the Invicta Dynamos we turn to. And down the other end of the phone, we should be joined by player head coach, it's Anthony Leone. Uh, well, Anthony, a big thank you for joining us. And uh, congratulations on making it through to the South Cup final. Uh, how, how was the run to get there? It weren't too bad. We had a bit of a hiccup with the Herring guy. With a few injuries, obviously lost it, lost the games, but yeah, we managed to get through and and get go to the final. So it's all good. And it could it could top off a, a, a cracky season for for Victor because uh, obviously you're sitting fourth at the moment in in South One of the NIHL, but it's been a it's been a, a very competitive campaign with with everyone taking points off one another. Uh, it's been it's been a good season thus far. Yeah, it has been a good season. It's a shame that. Um, Started finding our form now rather than at the beginning. It's a shame that we had a couple of injuries and a couple of um, suspensions. Otherwise, I think we could have been a, been a bit better, a bit further up, maybe. Um, obviously, like with Stratton being so strong and Gospel and, and Chelsea, it's, it'd be hard to take points off them. But we've still got a lot of them games to go as well. So hopefully, I'll be able to creep up a bit more. Last Sunday, uh, you beat Oxford by by eleven goals to two, and that was the the second uh, the second game where you scored eleven. In fact, the game before that, you'd scored uh, twelve. Uh, so uh, you've 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 certainly been finding the net recently. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I think once like we, we found it hard to get past five. I think at one stage, and I think once you get like secondary scorers scoring more and not relying on on on, on your first scorers. I think it really, really does help, obviously, with the last six games, oh, we've had scorers throughout the, the whole team rather than just, a, just the odd one or two here. So that definitely, definitely helps. Yeah, you don't have to rely on people as much and, and everyone's chipping in. 
Yeah, it's, it's certainly a great scoring record, uh, that's for sure. And uh, I was going to say, I mean, um, when it comes to life at the Invicta Dynamos, I know it's a club very close to your heart. Where, you know, you've, yeah. you've been your player coach now, but you've you've been there as a player uh, numerous times. Um, so when when I've seen highlights back of Invicta Dynamos, you, you can't help but feel what what a cracking setup it is because there's always crowds there and it, it's a it's a nice arena you're in. So uh, what what's life like at Invicta? I've loved it every every time I've been there, every season I've always always ended up going back regardless of whatever happens or wherever I choose to go to, I always go back. It's it's always been a professional club. It was like one of the professionalist clubs I've I've been to and the fan base outstanding. You can ask more really, and in the background, uh, you've got uh, a great junior setup as well uh, for for both boys and girls. Uh, so you know, I know you're you're at the top of the tree there, but but beneath you, you must be really pleased with with those pathways that have been developed uh, for the, for not just Invicta but the game more generally there in the southeast. Yeah, there's a lot of coaches um, in the junior setup pushing the, the juniors right through, and well, I'm trying to help them get more juniors into the into our first teams and stuff. I've been. Um, a bit with the juniors as well so uh, yeah hopefully like, there'll be a lot of progression a lot of homegrown people coming through in the next five ten years so uh, all the other coaches doing an excellent job as well yeah that must be very exciting as well because you know you're you're not you're not that old yourself really are you? So I mean it's it's like oh. you know when you see that I think you're the same age as me, which is why I said that. Uh, but you know, <laughs> when, um, you know it, it must be exciting that you know within ten years you you could be the head coach there and you, and you'll you'll see these players coming through. That must be really exciting. Yeah, it, it is exciting. It is, it's always exciting to see new people come through. Um, I think there's right, with British hockey. I think there's been a, a blip for the last, especially around southern area with like Longford closing down and so forth and it would be nice to see a lot, a lot of uh, developers coming through now more, more than there was in the last 10 years Yes definitely and finally then Anthony obviously uh, let's go back to the South Cup final because I touched upon the you know the the, the gates that Invicta get and and you know the crowds there and it's 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 always a cracking atmosphere. You get the the first home leg um, when it comes to uh, this final on Saturday, February the fifteenth in in Gillingham, five fifteen face off. We should say how important is that crowd going to be for that first game? Do you feel? Yeah, it's going to be important. It's a it's a it's a tough one because I think you know all, all my years, I don't think I've ever ever played a final at home on a Saturday. To be honest with you. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, history uh, games with Shrem, so it's always an exciting, exciting game, especially as being the finals. Been in the finals with a few times before, and um, yeah, really looking forward to it. I know the fans, obviously, it's a, we've been two big teams for like for years against each other, so it'd be a massive, massive game. And the fans to get behind us on the Saturday will be big and important to us, I believe. And what's your message to that to that home faithful heading into this one? Because it's a big game for this season, it looks like. Well, we we need the fans definitely to be cheering because the most of them have a very good fan base as well. So we need to be louder than them because it is like like they say, having an extra player on the ice and just digging that little bit deeper when when they start singing the songs. So it's really important to us that we have a big fan base for that Saturday. Anthony Leone, there, player head coach from the Invicta Dynamos. And we'll be returning to the South Cup on next week's show. But it's now time to return to the North Cup. And last week, you might remember we heard from the Whitley Warriors. Well, this week, we're going to hear from Whitley Warriors' opponents in the final, the Murrayfield Racers. And it's a welcome return now from the Murrayfield Racers uh, to Tony Hand. Uh, well, Tony, a big thank you for joining us and uh, a big congratulations uh, for making it through uh, to the North Cup final to take on the Whitley Warriors. Uh, quite a competitive and up-and-down semi-final against the Solway Sharks. Uh, how, how was that semi-final? Oh, it was great. I think it was there was two two really good games. Uh, I think two teams battled hard and uh, we were fortunate enough to come out on top. Uh, I thought you know, our guys really played well over the two legs. Uh, I think it was basically just... Uh, that obviously just back through by the one goal, uh, which is obviously anything can happen again. But no, no, we're extremely happy uh, to be going through against Whitley. And uh, what does this mean? I mean, we spoke uh, before the new year about about where the Moorfield races were heading and and that kind of thing. So, so where does this cup final, this prestigious cup final, fit in with your plans? I mean, this must well, be a sign of, well, of things to come. It's fantastic! It's fantastic. We, we obviously we, we never we can obviously you're always hoping you're going to get through, but we knew we're, we're up against 
uh, Solway, who are a good team, so we knew it was going to be tough. So we weren't like, not never. Obviously, we're optimistic, but we weren't like over, overly optimistic to get through. Uh, but our players were fantastic. Again, I think the fans got behind us; they were fantastic. So uh, I think, obviously, for us as as, as the Maripol Racers, uh, we want to begin, bring good hockey to Edinburgh and exciting in games, and that's exactly what we're going to get uh, when we play Whitley Bay in the final. And uh, it's good as well to uh, rub shoulders with cross border as well. That 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 side of things to see, yeah, see where you. I think it's to. good. I think it's great for for like you say for both sets of fans or both organisations to to have these competitions because like at the end of the day, we're, obviously we got to entertain the, the the people who come along, the fans who come along and watch us. Sorry, uh, and obviously we want our players to compete against uh, obviously higher opposition to come to obviously to. Uh, Test herself, and I think this is a perfect, perfect, uh, obviously, time to do it. And uh, as I say, we're really looking forward to it. So, what are you expecting from from Whitley? Obviously, we're expecting two very tough games. Uh, we played them in two games, and I think they were two great games. Uh, again, they've got a lot of looking up, a lot of skill, a lot of talent. Uh, they, they press your heart. Uh, they get the pucks deep. So, you know, we, sort of, we know what to, ex- to expect to a certain extent, but uh, we're expecting, obviously, uh, you know, hopefully for us. Again, we, we I'm more concerned about how we play. Uh, and if we can play really up to our potential, I'd like to think we'd maybe get in the game. I mean, I, obviously, I put Whitley as favourites, but uh, I think uh, over, like uh, like I say, the six periods, you never know what's going to happen. Yes, and uh, it's it's Whitley Warriors against uh, Murrayfield Racers. I mean, that's what what a shot in the arm for the competition as well. This, this is uh, it's, uh, two grand old names going at it. Yeah, it's, it's obviously two names that have been in, in, around in hockey for many, many, many a year. Uh, and uh, it's obviously be great for in that, to uh, to be in that competition. But as you say, for us, if we were fortunate enough to to win it, it would obviously give us a huge boost. But, but as you say, we're happy to be in the final. I think we're getting the guys and our, our team have acquitted ourselves well when we played in the NHL Cup. Uh, I think apart from one game this year, I think we've can compete in the other games. So yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Just to talk about um, the the domestic competition, if you will, the the SNL um, currently sitting second with games in hand. Uh, you've got to squeeze all those games in hand, in obviously. But uh, how how's that how's that competition going for? Well, it's, it's been it's been fine. I think uh, we we we've, we've again acquitted ourselves well. We lost the the game to Sol uh, Solway, I think, by the odd goal, uh, and they. Beating us in overtime uh, uh, on I think Sunday night there, which is tough to swallow because I thought it played well and I thought it was some obviously uh, uh, debatable calls, but uh, I thought again obviously we were in one of these is one of these competitions that like Sunday night was basically our not final a bit. It's going to be tough for us to win it because I saw we are a very good team and uh, I think they can obviously they're going to be they can obviously favourites to, to go on and win it. But obviously for us, again, we just want to finish in second. We're not giving up yet, but obviously we're realistic as well. So I'm going to say it's been a, again, a good competition once again. And uh, obviously you've got uh, a big home game coming up in that, in that North Cup final in the first leg. Uh, but before that, you've got a home game this weekend against the, the Paisley Pirates, speaking of, of grand old names. Um, so uh, looking forward to that one? Yeah, basically, I think they're getting stronger as the season's going on. I think they say they had a really good win against Dundee the other day there. Uh, and they've got a lot. Of, once again, they've got a lot of good players. So we're definitely kind of, we, we can. People think that because we've got a strong team, we just go out there thinking we're going to win. But we don't. We can. Their guys can. We work hard during the weeks in practice to make sure we're ready for the weekend. But uh, I think Paisley is going to be a game as big game as well because we've got obviously a few injuries right now, uh, and I think they're getting stronger. So I think they're going to be a tough game for us. Well, you see, you see that in the Scottish National League table, don't you? With the the Dundee Tigers, Paisley, Norfair, uh, Aberdeen Links, they're, they're all capable sides, and it's good for the competition. Yeah. No, I think the the the, the, the levels definitely went up in the SNL, uh, in, in, since even since last year. So we don't take anything for granted when we play. And, and finally, then, Tony, uh, just uh, a quick plug uh, for that first leg. Then uh, Saturday, February twenty second, at the Murrayfield Ice Rink, uh, six pm face off. Uh, it's going to be a big one. This one. What's your message to the uh, Murrayfield faithful? Uh, come along and, and support us. It's been a long time since it's been a final uh, in Rawak. I, I remember right. And obviously, Whitley Bay being a great hockey organisation, uh, we've got you know obviously Murrayfield Racers. So can, we're expecting obviously you can. Uh, can a great turnout and a very competitive game. Tony Hand there from the Morrifield Racers and a big good luck to both Morrifield 
and the Whitley Warriors in that final in the middle of February. Now that's it for this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. Uh, a big thank you to all my guests this week for joining me. We hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Uh, remember, you can keep up to date with all the latest goings on from the world of British Ice Hockey by visiting the website britishicehockey.co.uk. But that's it for this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. I've been Ben, and wherever you're going this weekend to cheer on your British Ice Hockey side, make sure that you have fun. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.